Welcome to Jersey Arts, the podcast. I'm Susan Walner. I'm here today with David White, Associate Artistic Director at Passage Theatre. He's the resident playwright and director of the Passage Play Lab, a usually sold-out event held in June, featuring one-act plays by area writers. David, I read that this year you used fortune cookies for inspiration. We did. We did, yeah. Um, we, we like all of our showcases to have a theme. Uh, the first year that we did it, everyone shared a common prop of a suitcase. So they'd pass the suitcase off to one another uh, during the, the evening. Then the following year, everyone wrote a play inspired by a famous painting, and we would show the painting up on stage. The next year, we used classic rock songs as our inspiration, and we were trying to think of something different to do. And I'm not even sure who had the idea initially, but the idea was that we all got together. We had a big dinner of takeout Chinese. We turned on the camera, and we filmed ourselves opening our fortune cookie, reading our fortune into the camera so that there's proof that this is the actual fortune that we had. And then each member of the play lab took that fortune and used that as kind of a jumping off point for a brand new play. So you choose the playwrights for the play lab prior to them actually writing the plays. Yeah, the, there are about 12 playwrights in the lab that have been with the play lab for varying amounts of time. Uh, the play lab itself has been around for about five years, and there are about four of us that have been here since that time, and the rest have kind of filtered in as the years have gone on. Um, but now that we have 12, we didn't have... Uh, we we can't do uh, 12 plays in a single evening. So some people opted to roll off for a year. Um, I discussed with the various writers who, you know, had uh, ideas and what they wanted to put up on stage and, and things like that. And we narrowed it down to five. So there are five one-act plays by five writers. Uh, one of those writers is making her debut, Paul Alexon. This is the first time that she's had a play in the play lab presentation uh and the other four are are, that's that have had various plays produced over the past few years what kind of production do you give these one acts uh bare bones shoestring uh we've we've got some some wooden cubes that we've painted black uh we have whatever props that we can dig out of the closets. Sometimes we don't use props at all. We just mime them. This is basically your grandma's attic. If you were a kid and you wrote your own play and you had to stage it, you know, at at grandma's house, that's basically what we do. And it has become a stylistic choice. So um, it's it's low budget, bare bones. We only do three performances. Um, The actors come in and, and rehearse here in Trenton in Princeton. We've got some people down in Philly that are rehearsing. They rehearse in living rooms, you know, catch as catch can. So it's a much more um, uh, fly-by-night kind of rogue, gorilla type of rehearsal process uh, than we would have for the main stage, which is your more traditional we rehearse for three weeks, then we go into tech and we rehearse here in the theater, and then we put it up on stage. So this is a... Um, and I, th- I think our audience likes that. They like seeing something that they're they're catching the first glimpse of. And, and a lot of the writers that are in the lab have gone on to have productions elsewhere or have had other works published, you know. So everyone in the play lab has their writing uh, 
profile has grown in the years since the, the lab began. What is it that makes it a popular event? You know, I, Passage Theater has always been really dedicated to uh, uh, the writer. So you have a lot of theaters that are uh, kind of focused on uh, ensembles of actors, or they're focused just on Shakespeare and classical theater, things like that. And Passage uh, has always been really focused on brand new plays. And that doesn't necessarily mean plays uh, for which this is the first time you've ever seen them. Sometimes there are plays that have been seen once or twice and then have kind of faded, you know, or, or disappeared from the scene before they've had a chance to really take off. And so we like kind of rediscovering things. Sometimes we have plays from scratch, you know, that have been workshopped and developed right here uh, at the theater. And our audiences have really grown accustomed to seeing, uh, it, knowing that this is something new and something different. You know, they're not going to come here and see, um, we're never going to be doing Tennessee Williams or Eugene O'Neill or, or any of the classic uh, playwrights. Not that we don't love them just as much as everybody else, but um, our theater has a, a more specific mission than that. And uh you have a dedication to the area too, and to Trenton. Absolutely, and, and yeah. I, and I, I and the plays that are in the play lab are all by local writers, actors, yes. director. Yeah. Why do you think of this as an important commitment? Well, it is. It's a change that has kind of taken place over the past few years. Uh, up until this season, really, a lot of our main stage shows were cast. Uh, out of New York, they were rehearsed in New York, and then we would bring them down during tech. The directors were from New York, the actors were from New York. The only things that were really local were our education programs and this play lab. And then at some point, um, June Ballinger, the producing artistic director, kind of looked at this and was very impressed by the talent that she was seeing. Uh, one of the reasons I think that she had stuck with New York is those were the artists she knew. She was from New York. That's where she did theater. That's where she really developed as an artist herself. Um, and throughout the years, she has really uh, learned a lot more about uh, area talent. And so she actually made the decision this year to uh, just cast from the area. We did uh, audition in New York for, for one show, and we called some people down, but literally we found everyone that we needed, you know, from the area. And our audiences have really responded to that. There is something about knowing that you have someone in your backyard that uh, is uh, an artist and has this wealth of talent and this wealth of experience. Um, the audience has begun getting to know the artists at Passage Theater because they'll see them more than once now. Um, you know, they'll see people in the education program and then that actor will also turn up in a main stage production. Um, you know, they love seeing June on stage. She has acted in two productions this year and it is a, 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 one of the primary reasons that audiences have been so excited because she's been here for, oh gosh, I'm going to say the wrong number of years, but since 1986, I believe, or, or no, sorry, 96, it's 1996, and um, hadn't acted in 17 years and finally got back on the stage in my play uh, at the beginning of the season. And the audiences went nuts for her. And she's, she's a wonderful actress. And um, while she certainly, you know, is, is not going to act in every show that Passage does, 
you know, um, I think that she and I both found that by investing ourselves and investing uh, the artists that we knew well um, from various projects into the theater gave us more investment in the theater, gave longtime passage patrons more investment in the theater, and we've had this uh, really surprising increase in ticket sales this past season and attendance, and it, it's obvious that we're on to something. So. We're very pleased with that. So you are yourself one of the playwrights in this year's Play Lab. Yeah. Can you tell me what your fortune cookie said? Oh boy, I'm not going to remember the exact phrase. It was something about um, having to choose between having a lot of money or a lot of friends. And uh, that's that's what I remember. It's actually, it's written, all the playwrights had to submit their plays to me with the quote on the top of the first page, and I just don't have it here, but it was about... Um, choosing, uh, if I had to choose between a lot of money and a lot of friends, I'd choose a lot of friends or something like that. Um, and so I wrote a play actually based on, you know, uh, my work here, kind of, about a woman that um, is new on a board of directors for a theater, and she is out with a man for dinner, and her job is to ask him for a $10,000 donation for the theater. Um, and it just goes horribly wrong. Every humiliating thing that you can imagine would go wrong in that scenario goes wrong. I'm going to ask you a question about you now. Uh, okay. What first made you want to go to the Open Door Theater? Oh, um, I don't know exactly. I guess it was more about just getting out, I guess. Mixing with people, meeting people. Getting all cooped up in that great big house, were you? <laughs> yeah. A lot of people think, hey, he's got enough money to buy anything, but it was all starting to feel a little empty. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Go on. Well, you know what it's like? No. Tell me what it's like. It's like when someone you love dies. At first, you don't want anything to do with anyone. You don't want to go out. You don't want to see friends. And if that goes on for long enough, the friends just start to disappear. You wind up exhausting them. Then you realize that maybe they were never really your friends. They were her friends. Maybe it's time to get new friends. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And did that ever happen to you? Did whatever happen to me? Did someone you love ever die? Yes. Yes. My wife died. Oh. Oh, God. I'm, I'm so sorry. Um, when you said... I thought you said that something like that happened to you. I, I didn't realize that you literally meant someone you knew died. Uh, yes, my, my wife died. God. <laughs> you must be so tired of people asking questions about her. How did it happen? Well, she had cancer. What is your perspective on um, being so closely tied to a theater company like Passage? kind of means that I... Um, I get to, uh, rather than focus, you know, on my own individual projects, uh, June and I both kind of look at Passage Theater as a very large project. And how can we use this thing that we have that, you know, is our jobs, but it's also something that, you know, we're constantly reinventing and constantly trying to, to you know, recreate to reach out into the community, the disparate parts of the community, whether it's the, the Mill Hill neighborhood or the Trenton Area Soup Kitchen or the schools district or, or whatever, and how do we use what it is that we do, you know, the, which is basically storytelling, 
to, um, I don't know, empower the community? I mean, people use that word empower all the time, and I'm not convinced anyone really knows what it means, and that includes myself. I, you know, um, uh, you know, to, to, to connect them to one another, to validate their experiences. And to give them a voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we just did this Trenton Lights show, which was oral histories from Trenton residents. And, you know, um, I wasn't in the show. And so I got to stand in the back of the theater and watch the faces of the real people that we interviewed while they watched their story being acted out on stage. And it was just an extraordinary uh thing for these for these people you know um and a woman uh, 92 years old lydia turner moved to trenton in 1930 you know we did her story on stage and i brought her downstairs so she could meet the actress that played her and the it, it, the two of them walked up to each other and immediately began talking like they'd known each other for the past 70 years you know um it, because they you know because they now shared a story and um yeah, so it was really incredible, and, and we, we got a lot of comments like that. People were coming to see the show over and over and over again because they wanted to see their story again on the, you know, um, sometimes they got to the point where they didn't even go upstairs. They'd hang out down here just because they wanted to be here, you know. Said, Don't you want to go upstairs to see? The no, I'll go up and, you know, I'll see a little bit, and then I'll come down here. And they would just kind of sit down here to kind of be in the place and hang out. Now, we like that. We like that the, the theater has kind of become a, you know, has that familial atmosphere, you know. Give a little plug here for the Passage Play Lab coming up when it's going to be. Sure. Uh, it is June 25th, 26th, and 27th. That's a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday. The Friday the 25th and Saturday the 26th are at 7 p.m. Not the normal 8 p.m., but 7 p.m. And then Sunday at 3 p.m. You'll see five one-act plays, uh, no intermission. Each one is 10 to 15 minutes long. If, if there's one that you hate, you only have to sit there 10 to 15 minutes before another one starts. Chances are you're going to see at least one that you like. And it's really not that much wasted time if you don't like the other ones. How's that for a plug? Come Good. and see that. Yes, no. and, and get your tickets now, <laughs> I guess. No, they're wonderful writers. Uh, so, uh, oh, let me mention the writers. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, so uh, myself, we've mentioned Paula Alexson is a wonderful writer. Jim Christie Jr., uh, who uh, had a, a piece last year. Um, uh, Ian August, who is a, a, an amazing playwright, gets produced all over the place, and, and he's just hilarious. And uh, Hope Gatto, who uh, has, a, has had a play with us every year, is also very, very funny. So they're terrific, all of them. Great. Okay, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Jersey Arts the Podcast is a production of State of the Arts, NJM Public Television's award-winning arts program. Watch it on NJN1 and NJN2. Check airtimes at njn.net or watch individual stories online anytime. This is Susan Walner for Jersey Arts the Podcast. Thanks for listening. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts is proud to co-produce State of the Arts. The New Jersey State Council on the Arts, encouraging excellence in the arts since 1966. Additional support was provided by the Geraldine R. Dodge Foundation, supporting cultural, educational, and environmental initiatives that make our world more livable.